Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And now, a different perspective. Lisa Wexler talks with activist Wayne Winston. Now, on Southern Connecticut's news and information leader, WICC 600 AM and 1073 FM. I mean, let's face it. I got to know Wayne Winston when he was a regular caller to the show, and I always thought he had something very insightful to say. Plus, he has a great voice. And then George Floyd came, and I thought, you know, we, we just can't keep doing this scattershot, hit or miss. We have to have a deeper conversation because these issues about race, these fissures in our community, this opportunity to get to know each other, we have to do this. So I got to know Wayne. We became friends, and he's on every Wednesday. But you know, Wayne, I hate, I just hate that we have to keep circling back around to these horrible cases of violence against people at the hands of police. Now, this one... Sure. Let's talk about it. This is Tyree sure. Nichols, and we now know that he was 29 years old. He was a peaceful individual in his life. We still don't really understand why he was pulled over, right? With all the conversation and noise, we mm-hmm. still don't really get that. And he was a photographer. He liked skateboarding. He was a father. A four-year-old now doesn't have a dad. And, of course, he was a beloved son, and he loved his mom. But um, five black police officers, mm-hmm. all of them black. When I first heard about it, I thought they were white. Agreed. Right? Because the, because the narrative mm-hmm. and the history mm-hmm. has been largely white police officers, a black victim. Yes. So the, the cure, so to speak, for some of this has been common sense. If we hire more police officers of color with a shared experience, they'll have more empathy. Mm-hmm. They'll have more understanding. Double, double whammy shock. Mm-hmm. And terribly discouraging and disappointing to find out, wait a minute, five black officers did this? I want to know your immediate reaction, Wayne Winston, when you heard about the story of Tyree Nichols. I want to hear what you, what your immediate emotional reactions were. At first I said, oh, my God, here we go again. There's been cases where a number of officers have beaten someone being erect, arrested in particular, black person, usually white officers, when it came out that they were black, it sickened my stomach, actually. 
I was like, wait, okay, we're not beyond anything that anyone else, because, you know, you can be drunk with power or be corrupted by power like anybody else. You can be caught in the moment, but when you have five, five, that's purposeful. And it meant to me that these black men really failed us as a people, as a community, beyond their job. When you bring someone in from a particular direction, race, for example, you expect these men to be at least sympathetic and empathetic towards what the past situations have been. This was beyond policing. What they saw of this young man was nothing short of he was trash, that he was his life was worthless. They had something to prove, and these men were just within their own intent. It turned evil. Sometimes you have something that starts off for a good reason, like that scorpion, um, this, this group of uh, police officers, special assignment team. They said, hey, we're going to deal with high drugs, you know, a lot of trafficking, because we all want to do something like that. And it made sense to do. Let's put some black officers on there. Right. And when they turn around and do something like this, um, it was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. And um, anger came immediately after that. Anger. Okay. How dare you do that to this young man? How dare you embarrass us as a community when you are supposed to be the light that we're talking about part of the solution is to put you on because you're supposed to understand that i'm not talking about giving passes but making sure their civil rights are protected making sure if there's an issue that they get their day in court which is what doesn't happen in a lot of the white supremacist psychology Mm -hmm. so we're talking about the extreme cases that we've been dealing with with george floyd and his other types of things amari marbury yeah and what i saw even worse was when you had EMT show up as you watch oh, more of it. it and terrible. then they didn't do anything. And then oh, you saw, you know, the, the white cops tasing him. And then you saw people pull up around the, the outside from that sky cam, the cop sky cam or something they called it. And you see they just pull up and they leave. It was kind of like, this is what these guys do. Mm-hmm. As long as they get them off the street. Well, I, maybe they were afraid to tussle with these guys because, you know, it's sort of like when a German shepherd is angry and they're mm. in the middle of attacking. You don't want to bother them because they'll turn their fangs on you. Huh? That could be as well. That could be as well. You know, we have a word in Yiddish, as I'm listening to you. We're chatting with Wayne Winston. You're invited to be part of the conversation, 203-333-9422. We have a word in Yiddish called Shonda. And the word Shonda, as distinct from Shonda Rhimes, it's spelled with an A. Mm -hmm. Uh, S-H-A-N-D-A. Of course, it's spelled, you know, Shun-Nun, Dalit Hey. Anyway, the word Shonda in Yiddish means disgrace. Mm. And it's a particular kind of word that I would say would apply to these five black police officers. It's a Shonda because it becomes, as you said, a community shame. Yes. It's, it's a disgrace. It's, it's, it's above and beyond the pale. Because what, you, what you've signaled to America and the United States is... Well, why should we bother trying to even hire black police officers if black police officers are going to beat us up the way white police officers used to beat us up? So it becomes, as you said, a magnified kind of thing, a disgrace. We would say in Yiddish, Ashanda. Well, that would be an appropriate word because um, 
people already are kind of skewed on the race thing. We still have people still saying, hey, there's no such thing as institutionalized racism, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, the reason that this person to stop wasn't because they were black. It was some other reason. And they just want to bring the cops for, you know, the white cops because it's all fictitious. And when you have someone like this, you see these men, based upon what they're supposed to do, what they knew they signed on for, and there's somehow a whole nother agenda, whether it started out in the beginning or became that, I believe that absolute power corrupts absolutely in any situation. And I believe they gave these officers Sounds too much like power it. to go out there in the communities and then just do what you got to do to take them down. In fact, they did mention that they were allowed to be used, quote, more aggressive tactics. Now, I don't know what that means since there's, you know, pretty obvious a way what that, that means, right? <laughs> you know, with civil rights, there's a there's there's a a bandwidth there to do your job or not. And um I wanted them and I want them to face all of the the highest levels of punishment that there could be. And I want that because we have to there has to be an example here. You want me. a deterrence example. I want to make sure that they understand you have an obligation to take care of the community, period, mm. just as much if they were white officers. Um, I see them no different than Derek Chauvin or any of these other cases mm -hmm. where they've taken into life that this young black man, that his life didn't mean anything to them. And that was apparent the way the group of them, you know, when they're done in between, they're smoking cigarettes and just talking like, Nothing, and it's like this man is leaned against the car. Yeah, he's dying three days later. They beat him up. And by the way, it is hard to kill somebody who's otherwise healthy, 29-year-old male. You have to really beat him up. Let's go to Anna from Bridgeport. Anna, tell me about your comments on all this. We're chatting with Wayne Winston. How do you see all of this? Uh, if you all will go to YouTube, you will find out that this wasn't a whole cops beating this was one of those young men, one of those cops, who he was dating, Tyree was dating, his ex-girlfriend. And it was a jealous rage. And he had his boys, his four other boys, help beat this boy. It's all on YouTube. Beautiful young girl. They were dating. He didn't like it. And that's what happened. So it's on there. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. You know, Anna, just saying it's on YouTube isn't enough for me. I would really need to verify yeah, that information. Some, there, there is. There is. Okay, you I'll look, look into it. I certainly it will. Okay. And I thank but you for it was bringing it. a jealous it. man over another jealous young man who uh, took his woman from him. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that if that's the case, it explains a motive, but it doesn't excuse the behavior. Obviously, and I don't think Anna is saying that it is. Have you heard about that? Did you hear that yet? I, I heard there was something on YouTube. I haven't seen it yet. So for me, I like to see it first, just yeah. as you're saying. And Anna, thanks for that call. Um, because I think when I add to that, see, I could see, let's take the guy who is upset about his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, he can have that moment of anger. Yeah. But let's take it's, it to the other ones around him. Who's supposed who, to pull him back. Who were beating him as well. They were holding him, like they were holding him up at one point for policemen so he can still be punched because he was obviously falling down. And when he hits the ground, they're still punching him in the face. Um, another uh, officer comes onto the scene and just, you can see him come up from the bottom of the screen and just starts kicking him while he's already on the ground. So these other officers... If they're enforcing 
what they're trying to have him understand. Look, that's my partner's girlfriend, so this is what we're going to do to you. That's horrific in and of itself. Okay, let me just tell you something. Uh, Let me just tell you something. I'm reading in Newsweek in a fact check, and there are a couple of people who are spreading tweets that have been now seen hundreds of thousands of times. Mm -hmm. But Newsweek thus far is saying that the assertions were, quote, merely speculations and the information has, quote, not been confirmed. There are a couple of people saying that it was personal. This is what Newsweek is saying. Newsweek could not find evidence to substantiate the claim that Nichols was in a relationship with the former girlfriend or ex-wife of Haley, who is the identified cop. Mm -hmm. Newsweek has contacted Crump, Crump, Benjamin Crump, representing the family, and the Memphis Police Department for comment. And... According to John Best, the general manager of school radio and TV for Memphis Shelby County Schools, the parents are aware of the rumor, and they believe it is not true. Mm. Well, that's, you know... And rumors start, and it doesn't mean they're true. Let's go to Irene from Bridgeport. Irene, you're on the air with me and with Wayne Winston. Hi. Yeah, I I just called to... um, I don't know if you guys read it. I read it on... That there were also a white police officer involved in this too, and and is keeping um, um, quiet about it. But there's some exposure coming to it because they don't see why Benjamin Crump is on the TV talking about it. Why five of the black guys are exposed and not this one? white guy that was also involved in it. I, I just don't I, know. Irene, guys are... this is what I understand. There's there's a video, one hour, a video of five black police officers beating him up. But there's also two other police officers who have not been charged yet, mm-hmm. who Memphis police believe are also somehow responsible for what happened. Somehow they're an accomplice or they ignored him after the fact or something else. And at least one of them is white. That's what I know. Yes, and yeah, to be specific sure. to to your point, they did take off the force it the the, the white officer who tased him. To ta- thank they you, do, who tased him. They do him. have okay. him because he was there at the beginning part. I see. And so remember, because he got up and started running, and um, he's the guy to taser tase him. And then apparently, there's at least one other that tased him. When he was on the ground in the second half. And I don't know if he was white or black, that other one. I really don't know the color. But they did take it, and there is another white officer that they're looking into as well. Yeah, they're trying to get everybody, Irene. I mean, clearly they have. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, a lot of police officers have to share collective responsibility for the fact that this man died. A lot. Because there were a lot of opportunities to intervene and save him. Let's go to Janet from Stratford. Janet, welcome to the show. You're on the air with Wayne Winston and with me. Hello. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Hi. Wayne. This Hi. is Janet. Hi. I uh, don't want to get sidetracked by Anna's call stating that the possible motive was a girlfriend. Regardless of whatever it was, this is clear abuse of power. Yes. And we, we have to stay focused on the big picture. So there's a lot of uh, things being done for police reform, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, uh, the Breathing Act, so many things, but they're being met with a lot of uh, resistance. And I was recently reading something, and it was gave me pause because I hadn't thought of this before, and, and I'm not sure if uh, a lot of people are aware of this, but the militarization of the police. Mm. So as far as equipment in terms of personnel, uh, I found out that about 25% of the police are now ex-military, yet the psychological orientation of the soldier is totally and completely at odds with the appropriate orientation of domestic police. So that's something that I haven't heard mentioned. So it's it's a huge problem, and we have to look at all of the different possibilities of change and reform through the lens of many different things. And I also want to say that the police, the majority of police are doing a great job. And Absolutely. Not, and we need police. This and is we not do. about defunding right. police right. at all. At all. So it's really looking at it from a totally different perspective and acting on it. And we have so many resources, and I just hope that the energy goes to those resources. And let's not forget about Tyree, but let's not get sidetracked as to why and, and how five or more people let mm-hmm. drop the integrity. They just dropped their humanity like a pack of animals attacked someone. Yeah. And they did it, so you know, even though it was under dark of night, it was in plain sight of the community. You know, there's something, Janet, I love your comment and thank you for it. And you, you, there's a lot there that I agree with and that we commend you for saying. And uh, it's always struck me, you know, I, I read about when I was a kid, a lot of psychologists did studies on young men hmm. and the psychology of young adolescent men and this groupthink. This groupthink is a very real thing, this groupthink. And as I was watching part of the video, and I didn't watch the whole hour, but I watched enough. No, um, I watch the whole right? hour either. Right, exactly. Yeah. But you could see that they were, that they were in a groupthink. They were in this collective gang mentality mm. at that time. And the studies have shown that it's very, a very real phenomenon and it requires extraordinary moral courage to stop a gang like that in the middle of doing what they're doing. 
Yeah, and and in this case, it it was past being a police officer because that was not about policing at that point. Whatever they were feeling, whatever the cause was, it was about they were trying to teach him some sort of lesson for whatever that was. And sometimes policemen, um, and I know some of them, and they'll off the record tell you, you know, like, if they make me run, then they're going to have a problem. You know, when I say stop, if you don't stop, oh, you start running, oh, well, then when I catch you, and that's a very common thought. And I'm saying black and white police officers, because it's like, well, if, but the assumption is you're doing something wrong to begin with. But at the same time, when you do that, um, I've heard it too many times, seen it to some degree when officers, you know, are shooting people in the back that are running away. And we've got the guy at Wendy's that that happened. We see it. In their case, they had something to do to, to, to prove to this young man. And um, when you have the other ones join in, none of them had it in them to just say, hey, that's enough. I mean, just as and, and the EMS, and, and I'm going to blame them. He's like, wait a minute. If you are there to help someone and you see the guys just sliding off the car. Incomprehensible. You know, um, it's dereliction says that of something duty. that is there. Beyond. And I wanted May I to interject. Yeah, yeah, Janet, quickly. Yeah, go ahead quickly. What is the message here by by doing that? We're telling, especially black men, you better run because this is going to be the result. That's why in our communities we know who the policemen are. So that force, remember, it was around for like a year. After a period of time. That scorpion. The scorpion group, yes, you get to know who is helping you and who's not. Because you see them in your community. I That's see. what they were designed for. So when these guys pull up, you go, uh-oh. I know a number of people have had problems with them. And so it gets around. And so I believe that's why he took off running, because when that group pulled him over, he knew who was pulling him over. By the, by the way, they're in unmarked cars. You know, they're not wearing regular police gear. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's like as scary as it gets. And, of course, we don't and know. And it's nighttime. Yes, and of course we know that they're going to say we pulled them over for a broken taillight or something. They haven't been able to associate that either, you know. So I'm saying it's a bad situation, and um, I'm in pain for the family. Um, by all accounts, that young man was wonderful, and that mom lost Janet, her. thank you for the call. Thank We're going to be right thank back. You. We'll keep thank taking you your calls. Me. A pleasure, and thank you for calling with your contribution today. We'll take Bob from Trumbull coming up. We'll take more calls as long as we can to the top of the hour, 203-333-9422 on the Lisa Wexler Show here on WICC. And now, a different perspective. Lisa Wexler talks with activist Wayne Winston. Now, on Southern Connecticut's news and information leader, WICC 600 AM and 107.3 FM. And welcome back to the show. Wayne Winston joins us. We'll try and get to as many calls as we can. Bob from Trumbull, we're talking about what happened with uh, Tyree Nichols. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? I think you're right. It was a gang, a legalized gang. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they should look and how were these guys taking other money and whatever from the community and they probably misidentified this guy and figured out he was from a different gang or whatever. It's crazy. These it's it's nuts what these guys did. Yeah, it is nuts. It I is mean, nuts. But yeah. they're def they were the Scorpions are a legalized gang. 
instead of the Crips or the Bloods or whatever, these guys were the Scorpions. And down there, what they say? There's 50 different gangs in that city? Wow. Something like that? I mean, these guys... It's not that big a city, Memphis. It's a small no, place. These guys were legalized, so... This guy might have known who these people were and said, ah, crap. Mm. I'm done. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for the call today. Appreciate it. Doris from Bridgeport, what have you got to say about all this? You're on the air. Wayne Winston is here with me in studio. Hi, thank you. First of all, I want to thank you, Lisa, because your program, when I stumbled upon it, I was just blown away. You always have such amazing topics i mean all across the board so i just want to say that and then second of all oh my heart is something because <laughs> i'm not used to speaking on the radio uh-huh. but more than more than to say something because i'm not an expert i want to ask a question so i have a lot of black friends and a few of them have said something that really came to mind when i heard about this and my heart is so broken for this gentleman and and for everybody at large because from my experience, over time, having black friends, they have slowly let me in a little more to the the differences in culture that have evolved over the hundreds of years of disenfranchisement. It's like we have such different – I'm white, and I grew up around a very wealthy neighborhood, and I know racism is real. Like, I'm – I have wonderful parents who refused to – signed me up to a country club back in the 80s because somebody told them they don't take black people and Jewish people. And I mean, this is this is on the down low. I'm not dropping any names, but this stuff is real. And mm-hmm. we've got these cultures that have evolved over hundreds of years. And it's, it, it, you know, white people say, oh, there's another person or there's another black person. Like they qualify black people as, why can't they just call them a person? Mm-hmm. So I think my question is on a deeper level, how much black-on-black crime like this is is a, a result of this generational trauma of such severe abuse and disenfranchisement that it also speaks to a, a subliminal acting out of these men not feeling like they're even seen as men. Like, they, they have to prove that they're even human. And I've heard from my black friends that there's... They don't, black people don't stick together, they said. They said we should, but we don't. And there's so much hate and there's so much, let me try to see what I can get from you, splintering in in their black culture. So I'm just learning about this. And I, I just want to say, you know, there's so much healing that has to happen. So my question is, how much more can... I don't mean to generalize. Like I said, I'm not a scholar. I'm not an expert. But from my observations, I think we owe ourselves, everybody, to look in the mirror more and see how disenfranchised so many black men feel on a human level that we're not addressing because so many white people want to pretend that they're not racist. And it's not intentional racism. I think it's this accidental institutional racism I mean, I went to a very, very rich private school where we had one black person in each class. I mean, come on. So, like I said, I'm not dropping any names and I'm not looking to blame. Um, I'm hoping that this is a call to heal this deep, ugly cultural divide that has left so much real trauma 
maybe even genetically. I don't understand how that works. Thank you, Doris. I'm going to just let Wayne answer you because we've got about a minute or so to wrap up before we get on the air, but I encourage you to keep calling. You're doing a great job, Doris. Great job on the air. Uh, go ahead, Wayne. What are your thoughts? Uh, thanks for your call. You've um, got one minute, Wayne. I'm, I'm rolling <laughs> right here. Okay. Uh, one, understand, Doris, that uh, black people aren't monolithic people either. You know, there's different divisions within Jews and Italians and Irish. It's the same thing. We all don't think the same. So the experiences are real when it comes to us feeling that people aren't hearing us. And uh, when there's um, protests and stuff, uh, there's a saying that says, you know, violence is the voice of the unheard. Uh, and what you don't have in our communities are places where people can work, even in Bridgeport. Um, we have a, a senator uh, who, who now, uh, Senator Dodd, he says the best deterrent to crime is a job. Right now, that's a big issue, less of an issue 20, 30, 40 years ago within our parents' generation. But as far as these, I want to make clear that the people that did this down in Memphis, um, those men. They were employed. Were they were employed, but they were an aberration. You know, I believe that they turned something that was supposed to be good into whatever their own personal egos are. I think we all know people in your own lives, if you give them an opportunity to have power over someone or something, that they would take it way too far, which is really what the curse of racism is itself. Too much power Wayne, over another person. I'm going to... I'm going to keep at some of the themes that Doris and Janet brought up today, but Excellent. we'll chat next week about yes, it. Because I think they got to some things we didn't address. And we can. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.